Good afternoon, and welcome back to another episode of Home Trippin' with Big John. Today's guest, if you are a fan of the film, movie, TV industry, video games, any of that, you're going to love this one. This one's for you. Great story about a local kid who goes from Northeast Portland to Hollywood and is a success story. Let's take a listen. Tell me what you think. Matt, how you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me, John. Oh, man, this is fantastic. Um, I'm a huge movie and TV dork as much as I am sports. I know a lot of people out there, pop culture junkies. And so I know that you're a big sports fan. So this, hopefully my podcast, you are uh, right down uh, right down the alley of what all these guys want to talk about and hear about. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm a big sports fan. Jeez. And that's great. So here, let me introduce you, though. Um so Matt is, and in fact, you know, I'm going to read some of these here. I'm not doing this off the cuff. I want to make sure I get this right. But Matt has been in the game now for what, coming up on 30 years? Right. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Does that make yep. you feel as old as I feel? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and first of all, you're, you're, call, you're, you're in the car right now, right? Yeah, that's right. You had to get away from, from the family like uh, everybody is all kind of locked up right now. I'm in my midlife crisis car. I got, I've been driving in LA for 30 years and I bought a nice car. I won't talk about it's not that nice, but it, for me, it's nice. That's great. That's great. Um, Matt has, uh, has been in some amazing projects, some fantastic movies. He was in the Oscar winning best picture Argo. He was in vice only the brave uh, Jersey boys stolen. I mean, the list goes on and on uh, TV, the librarians, two broke girls, Grim, Portland's very own Grim, um, worked with, you know, Who's Who in Hollywood, uh, Ben Affleck, um, Clint Eastwood, Adam McKay. And, uh, I just saw you on stage on Instagram with Al Pacino a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, that was amazing. Um, and so the list goes on and on. I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, a lot. I'll let you talk about more about how it all started and came about, but. I just wanted to throw out there some of the stuff you've been on and TV shows and voiceover work, which I hope is the proper term on video games and movies. And I mean, look at the list of voiceover work. Listen to this, you guys. Black Panther, both Deadpools, the Avengers, uh, two different Planet of the Apes, War for the Planet of the Apes, X-Men. I mean, the list goes on and on. Uh, I could read your IMDb page. Uh, and just have it just put some music underneath it brother <laughs> oh my gosh if it was only if it was only that good but i mean it's been a it's been a long road and thankfully i've worked enough over the 30 years to remain somewhat relevant you know right, that's that's a tough game right it's very tough you know you got to keep your wits about you um it's uh it's weird you know i mean I started, you know, we went to high school together. You were a sophomore when I was a senior. And I'm sure. going to I'm going to say this right now. I can remember you walking down the hall. I could hear you coming. Um, <laughs> you would strut down the hall. You kind of had sort of a I think swagger is an overused word. I don't like to use that word anymore. I'm going to call it a strut. Okay. And um and I remember when we got on social media together, it all came back to me. I'm like, that's John. And then I realized you had this big job with the Blazers. And uh, you've had quite a career. 
we could turn this whole interview around and find out about your life. But well, I don't want to compare IMDb pages with you, my friend. <laughs> I, I actually, my name is on there twice, actually, for uh, some HBO boxing, and uh, you'll laugh at this. I did a Fortnite competition in LA two years ago, like the World Championships. And wow! For some, yeah, it's the front. For Fortnite Celebrity Pro Am, that's uh, incredible. Yeah, it was very interesting. I didn't know what the hell I was doing, but they uh, it adds to that resume. A small world. Back... I just downloaded Fortnite today for the first time for my my oldest child. Everybody's nice. been talking about it. It's like, oh, it's very, you know, he'll get hooked. But now's the time for him to do it. You know, and you can sit next to him, right? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, well, back to me and my strut, I would probably call it more of a late 80s swagger. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, before, like you said, that, that word is maybe overused, but maybe I was the first guy to have swag in the neighborhood. Yeah, back then you had the swag. Yes, I don't you know did. why I, I don't know why I did, but I think I did. <laughs> um, but, you know, I mean, as far as uh, my career goes, I mean. Yeah, do me a favor, Matt. I'm going to interrupt you there for a second. Yeah. Where did it start? Where did the passion come from? Where is it something you always knew you wanted to do? I remember you being the main guy in all the uh, the drama uh, productions at Grant. But wh- what were your first steps? As uh, what was your uh, motivation for all that? Well, um, I had older brothers, and Ken Nolan, my older brother, he was a freshman at Grant, and I was in sixth grade, and I was in that one smaller theater at Grant called L One or L Two. I can't remember what it was called, but it was where the drama classes happened. And they had Arthur Miller's um, The Crucible. And I'd never, Ken, Ken is such a funny guy. I'd never seen him try to be serious before. Not, I mean, I'd seen him get angry, but I'd never seen him try to act before. And he grew up imitating people on commercials and everything. He'd be like, Matt, Dave, watch this, watch this. And he would <laughs> do imitations of people on commercials. He was funny. But he, I'm sitting there in the audience and he, he delivers his first line. He had a small role. He said something like, please, sir, I know this man. He is a good man. And it's, (laughs) it struck me. I was like, Whoa. And this was a heavy duty play. And there was all these good actors at Grant and all these guys. And I I tell you right then and there, I said, that's what I want to do. I want to try to get up and do that. That's great. So it happened. It's funny. I was in sixth grade, but I was at Grant. So when I got to Grant, I started being in all the productions and so forth. And and then um, some girl, uh, Karen Dixon was a friend of mine. And I lived lived right down the street from them, like three hours away. Yeah, yeah. And she was a great friend. She says, you should sign up for Talented and Gifted and take an acting class downtown with me. And I said, but I don't know if I'm talented and gifted. She goes, you don't have to be. You just sign up for it. I'm like, oh, okay. And um, so I ended up taking an acting class downtown from a woman named Beth Harper. She runs the Portland Actors Conservatory. And I'm in, I, I'm doing very well in the class. She calls me up and says, I'm directing a play downtown. I was 16. And she says, I'd like you to audition for it. And I went downtown and I realized it was an open call, like where all the actors are actually watching your auditions. Everybody's watching what each other's doing and everybody's waiting for their turn. And um, I just got up there and it was a role of a 16 year old punk kid in a, <laughs> in a comedy. And it just I just started doing my thing and people started laughing. And the next day she calls me and says, do you want to do this? And it seemed like such a big commitment to me. And I was very waffly type of kid. I'm like, oh, geez, I don't know. It's downtown. 
Grant's doing the King and I, I don't know. But um, I, I ended up saying yes. And it was the best experience of my life. We, it was a giant hit downtown. It was running Thursday through Sunday. And I got to work with all these professional Portland actors. And I remember about two, three weeks into the run, I got a check and I said, what is this for? And they said, Oh, this is for the, for the, for the play. You know, this is your first installment. I said, we're getting paid. I I had no idea. And then, um, some, uh, agent, um, saw me in, in the play and signed me. And, uh, I started going up for commercials and I started going up for local commercials in Portland. And I, I got some pay less commercial and, um, and, and I, I did it and it started playing a lot. And a lot of the kids that Grant started, especially from the basketball team, great, the great James Demery, he used to walk, <laughs> walk by me and go, hey, pay less boy. <laughs> uh, that's fantastic. Hey, to have one of the basketball stars know your name, you can't go wrong. Yeah, he was like, you do that on that pay less commercial. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, so I was, I was really just, I mean, that was what I wanted to do. And so I went to University of Oregon. I was with, I graduated with Terrell Brandon, the great Terrell right. Brandon. He's got to be a guest of yours, I'm sure. It's yeah, almost definitely. He's here in the neighborhood. We run into each other every now and then up on Fremont. But uh, no, I want to get him on for sure. Yeah. So um, it, it was, it was fantastic being in school and watching him go. But I went to University of Oregon the same time he did. And we both had fake IDs. So we'd get into the bars uh-huh. and, um, he was a red shirt at that point. So he didn't have to really be in basketball shape. So we were, we were up to no good that freshman year. And then um, an agent offered for me to come down and give it a shot for pilot season when I was 19 years old. So I dropped out of college and I moved to LA. And, uh, and the very first day I went, I went to the agency I'm waiting in the agency and there's a guy in there and he goes, Hey man, how's you, how you doing, man? I just finished my second after school special. I'm like, really? Oh, that's incredible. I said, You're working, man. That's awesome. And so I started seeing him around at auditions. The guy's hilarious. Sure. And I, I end up going to a different agency, a better one. And about four years later, I go to a movie alone. And I'm, I'm in the middle of, I'm in about first 20 minutes of swingers. And it just hits me like a lightning bolt. They said, that's Vince Vaughn. Wow. Vince Vaughn, wow. he was the very first actor I met. I must have met him on the first day. And now this was probably, what, 1989, 90? No, that, well, I met him in 90, and then I saw Swingers in 94. And then I got you. one of my friends cut, you know, fast forward to old school premiere. I, one of my friends who'd made it big, I went to the VIP, you know, section of after the after party after seeing old school, which is one of the greatest, yeah. greatest things. And I waited for Vince to kind of not be mobbed. And I walked up to him and I said, hey, you're never going to remember me. And he goes, Matt from Portland. Wow. <laughs> that I, is fantastic. Yeah, it was cool. See, that's the kind of stuff, man. It's that, that's, a, that's a great story. <laughs> he's, he's amazing, too, man. Talk about I just I just introduced my daughter to uh, dodgeball. Oh Scott. yeah! Oh god! During, what a good during this lockdown, and yeah, we love him. <laughs> we, love, we love that guy and everything. Your kids are great athletes, by the way. I follow them. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. It's exciting to see them grow, man. Um, I they obviously got all that from me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. All your all your hops and your oh, yeah. agility and quick, oh yeah, that's scary. Quick. Um. Well, that that's fantastic. How you got down there? I mean, it's. I mean, what a big jump that had to have been. Had to have been to just 
pick up and go down there. You obviously had support from your family on that decision. Well, it was weird, you know, just things just sort of fell in place. You know, I got an agent, which is very rare going down here. And then I found a place to live on, in a house. I, it was really cheap rent from a cool dude I'd met. I'd taken a couple workshops in Portland from casting directors. So I started working pretty fast. Um, I got in the union, started working and, and got some shows. And I thought, well, this is going to be easy. I'm going to be rich and famous pretty quick here. That's how it worked. But it it didn't quite happen like that. But uh, hey, you know, it's been a long, long and winding road. That's for um, sure. I can I can tell you that for from my side of things, um, I'll never forget. Um, I mean, you've done so many, you know, so much acting and big movies and big, um, big jobs you've worked on and different things. And I'm sure people always harken back to Beverly Hills 90210 I think not a lack of respect of, of your acting abilities or your talent or anything like that but just that show a lot of people forgot that was the show yeah in, in the early 90s there um, and yeah. all I know is everybody comes you know and this was pre-social media and everything and everybody's like you guys remember Matt Nolan and I was like yeah <laughs> and I was in my first apartment we were living over by Lowerhurst Park all my roommates were stoned and drunk, and we all sat there and watched you get knocked out <laughs> on that episode. And, right. and I hate that that is something that sticks in people's mind, but I had to share this with anybody out there listening. Um, that was pretty. That was pretty kick-ass because you were a pretty bad guy on that show. Man, that, it was called Chucky's back, and I was Chucky. Um, but you know, it was Steve's episode. He finds out he was adopted. Um, but yeah, like you say, at the time I did it, it was the hottest show on television. So they made me audition for that guest star role four times before I finally got it. I had to go back and deliver and back and deliver. And it's very rare to have to go back four times for a guest star role. But sure. I had met Aaron Spelling on a previous role that I didn't get. But then this time around, it was uh, they were really scrutinizing everything because the show was just exploding. And um, I was in an acting class at the time down in in Compton uh, doing this Meisner technique, a guy who had studied with Meisner, which is a old acting, uh, a famous acting coach from um, the uh, Lee Strasberg Institute. And um and one of the guys who trained under him. And so it was a really tough class. And I said, look, I, I booked this role on 90210. And the guy goes, I never heard of it. <laughs> and, and I said, but I'm really kind of intimidated. I got to be the antagonist on the show. I'm the bad guy. And I'm a real bad, you know, I'm a bad dude. But I got to be. And he goes, let's do a little something right now. Am I allowed to swear on this show, John? Uh, please do. Okay, good. He said, stand up for me, Matt. I want to do a little exercise with you. I said, okay. And he says, I want you to say this. Fuck Beverly Hills 90210. <laughs> Fuck it. And I went, you know, I started saying, he goes, I want you to go in there and kick some ass. I want you to go there and kick all of their asses. You don't are going to be scared of nothing. And um, he really, like, gave me this pep talk that I needed. Sure. And um, it was it was amazing. I mean, it was just one of those moments where I remember after the fourth audition, I knew I'd gotten it. I just felt it. And I was driving away and I'm like, whoa, this is going to this is going to be wild. And um, 
you know, it, even though it was a long time ago, it was, it's still a very special memory. I mean, oh. you know, the cast was so cool. Everybody was just, everybody was thrilled. They were all famous and everything was, <laughs> they were, they couldn't be happier, you know? No, that's, that, that's great, man. That kind of stuff will stick with you. Um, I, like I said, I brought that up, but like your career spans, you know, coming up on 30 years now. You've worked with some of the greats. I mentioned them on your intro. Um, is there, I can tell you, I was on Blazer One. We were flying home from back east on a road trip. Uh-huh. On my iPad, I'm like, you know what? I haven't watched Argo yet. I'm going to watch this. I'm watching it. Your face keeps popping up on the screen. I'm pausing it, and I'm jumping up and screaming, that's my boy. <laughs> yeah. And I'm tapping the screen, and I'm like, that's my dog right there. I grew up with him. And everybody's like, shut up, dude. Right, right. <laughs> uh, I, know I, I know I completely just fast-forwarded 22 years into your career, but – you have worked on some amazing projects. Well, that, and... that was a very special, I mean, deal. You know, I met with the head of Warner Brothers. I got this audition. And um, I remember reading, and I was going on tape. And she stopped me and said, you know what? Ben Affleck likes things real simple, real subtle. Can we do this again? Just knowing that. I go, <laughs> I, I can do that. And then um, I got a call saying i got one day on the movie i'm like oh i'm thrilled okay fantastic explain to us out there out here how one day as in one page one scene yeah it, it, what i understood was it was going to be one scene okay and um and it was a it i it was a different name than the name i ended up with but okay. but they said you got to go to a uh meet and greet with ben affleck and the state department and the cia guys and you're all going to get together. And there's Ben Affleck. And I, I had auditioned for um, Dazed and Confused way back in, no in, in uh, for the lead role. And, you know, way back in that, you know, in that time, and a lot of my friends got in that movie. I now that was uh, Matthew McConaughey's the lead role? Yes. I mean, if we're going to jump, yeah. we're going to jump around here for a second. I saw a screening of Dazed and Confused because a number of my friends were in it. Anyways, one of my friends picked me up one night and said, you got to come meet my friend from Texas. He's got this place in Malibu. It's a little apartment. He put 12 months down and he says he's going to give it 12 months to try to make it as an actor. I go, uh, I go out there and we smoke a little weed and we're drinking. And this guy's telling me stories about being an exchange student in Australia and how the parents insisted that they call him. We want you to call me mom and dad. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and uh, I'm laughing and laughing. And then he's then he says, you know, we we can go to a party down down the way. These girls are having a big party, and um, we go there, and none of the ladies are looking at us. Nobody's paying any attention to us. So I finally I finally said, I said, Matt, you know, you're really great in the movie. And he goes, I haven't seen it yet. I said, What are you talking about? He says, I haven't seen the movie. I said, You steal the whole movie. You're going to be a big movie star, man. And he's, he's great. And, and he and he said. Oh, man, from your lips to God's ears. And I'm like, oh, and then, you know, he's doing John Grisham's uh, Time sure. to Kill, you know, just, sure. just about a year later. But it was, I've had all of these wild experiences where I've met people before they made it. And um, See, that's, a, that's great, man. I love that. And he, we exchanged numbers. He called me the next day. He says, Matt, I have, I have, I have news. Uh, the reason why the chicks weren't digging us last night is my neighbor came over and let us know she's a lesbian it was a lesbian party <laughs> wait i had what made you feel better 
<laughs> it was just funny. I was I I didn't care, you know, but it, it was hilarious, you know. Well, I'm sure everybody wants to know. Did you guys have your shirts off? <laughs> Nobody took their shirts off at the party. My man's always got his shirt <laughs> off, right? That's right. That's right. That is great. What's what's the classic line there? He's like, uh, I keep getting older, but the chicks keep staying the same. Yeah, age. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is an amazing film. That that's a great story. Yeah, man. And so anyhow. You know, jump forward to um, this audition for for Argo. I walked out and I said, you know, I was almost in dazed and confused. And I almost worked with Ben Affleck way back in the 90s. And the lady said, well, maybe you'll work with him this time. And so I go to this meet and greet and it turns out to be a rehearsal. And Ben Affleck, I'm sitting next to him. I don't know how I got placed next to him, but there's about eight actors around the table. And we're going through some scenes and he keeps on turning around to me and going, no, 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 no. Hold on. We're going to work it this way. We're going to work it that way. And um, I was wondering why he was honing in on me. Why you folk? Why? But I just kept on taking the direction and rolling with it. And I walked out and I asked the other actor, I said, do you think I just got fired right there? And he goes, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I have no idea. And, <laughs> and then my agent calls the next day and says, hey, you got five days on the movie and your, your role is going to be in a number of scenes. And this is going to be good for you. And I said, oh, my. So some sort of test he was throwing at me. And so everything, you know, when I was there working, it was just like, uh, it was like anything, John, you know, it was just, it was like that speech in Bull Durham being called up to the big leagues. I felt, yes. I felt like I'd been called up to the bigs and, and I know what none of us knew that it was going to win best picture, you know, at the time we all felt like it was a very special thing, but just to be a part of that after the years of, struggle and up and ups and downs those kinds of things really i mean it meant so much at the time you know well it validates your decision it it right you know all all the years of hard work and grinding and hustling yeah, yeah. you know you can look back on it yeah. um and and him acknowledging you like that in that rehearsal man that's just anytime you're on the radar man that's a good thing yeah i was like some people would have freaked out but i remember some actor got a little testy with him and um and then he was gone. I never saw him again. And wow, so... see, <laughs> right? Hey, no, I hear you, man. You should have. I'm saying it to impress him. You should have walked in and said, "How you like them apples?" Yeah, how you like them apples? I got her phone number. <laughs> well, um, along the lines of all this stuff of, of, gosh, it seems like I could just talk to you forever about all your projects. Um, I wanted to ask you. You know, you've you've mentioned some big names. If there's one experience, one meeting one moment one conversation something that you'll look back on um i mean obviously there's gonna be more in the future but what's one that you would like you know like that's the one you want to share that's the one you'll never forget wow i don't mean there's too many right you know well there's been just there's been a lot of special moments if if there was too many i'd be completely rich but um <laughs> Ooh, I didn't think about that. <laughs> but um like Tom Petty says, if you're doing what you want to do and it pays the pays the rent or the mortgage, that's success. And that's right. that's, like that. that's where I'm at right now. That's you know. Um but I, I'll never forget I I went on tape for Albert Brooks mother and I loved Albert Brooks and um Defending Your Life and uh a number of other films. My family really loved uh, a number of his films. And um I got called into Paramount and I thought I'm rehearsing my five lines over and over again. And I show up and I notice there's no chairs outside his office. There's no sign in sheet. And I, I walk past like 
looking, just sort of glanced in and looked at the secretary and then walk, kept on walking. And then I walked past again. She goes, Matt. I said, yeah. She goes, Oh, Matt Nolan, Albert, Matt's here. And, um, and I go into Albert Brooks office and he starts talking and halfway through the audition, I, I mean, halfway through the meeting, I realized that I've got the part and he just wanted, he just wanted to meet me. And it was one of those, one of those cool moments, um, you know, that like, you know, auditions don't normally happen like that where you walk in and he's like, well, you know, you're really funny on your tape and you look like a gap salesman. So <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. And then um, obviously just working with Al Pacino a couple, a couple weeks ago, we did some fundraiser for um, benefiting veterans. And it was a, it was a Broadway show that he did in the seventies and he wanted to um, bring it back because it has a lot to do with Vietnam and the issues that veterans are dealing with today. And I got to, I somehow got in involved with this thing. And um, in rehearsal, I, at the end of the play, I have to throw a grenade and, you know, act like I kill Al Pacino. And he'd been pretty mellow throughout rehearsals, but um, it was like the night before. And he goes, he just turned into dog day afternoon. He goes, I want you to chuck that grenade right at me. Okay. And I (laughs) I want you to stay here. You son of a bitch. I love it. <laughs> and uh, I, I was just like, all those, you know, I was, I'm a huge Al Pacino fan. Oh, yeah. You know, Godfather, Dark Day Afternoon, and all these movies, Injustice for All, everything was just sort of, I was just trying to keep my focus. But it was, sure. uh, it was really cool. And I mean, meeting, meeting Clint Eastwood for uh, Jersey Boys, Clint Eastwood was a huge, you know, I was a huge fan of his. That That's was great. something else. I mean, that was a really big moment. And uh, I, I can only imagine. I mean, for someone that grew up, you know, idolizing these guys, that's just I just uh, introduced my daughter to Million Dollar Baby just two nights ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which which he won um, director of the year for that. Right. Didn't yeah, he win? Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. did. Oh, my God. It's um, incredible. And, and yeah, that's that's got to be that's got to be fantastic. He uh, has, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead, Matt. Clint Eastwood has the longest deal with any studio of all time. He started at Warner Brothers at a deal yeah. in 1970. He's still there. Um, he did the um, Dirty Harry. Yeah, all yeah. of all of that was through Warner Brothers, and oh, he started with uh, one of the westerns and and worked his way from there. But, anyways, just incredible. Uh, I remember when Grand Torino came out. I was a little hesitant. I was like, ah. He's he's using a bunch of people that aren't actors. Yeah, uh, you know. Let's see how this goes. Watch it the first time. You know he's fantastic. Oh, he is. He but is. then, as I thought about it, and then I rewatched it six months later, that to create a movie, you know, I'm no I'm no genius when it comes to this. You you are, but to create a movie, it's tough enough as it is with trained professional actors. I can only imagine, you know, they, they weren't doing Shakespeare, but I can only imagine how tough that was. For him to uh, direct yeah. to ninety percent, ninety percent, ninety five percent of that crew had no experience, right? Oh, I guess, I guess that's the truth. And I, I thought it did show a little bit, but he was so good, it didn't matter. And yeah. he knows how to direct people. He knows how to get something real out of somebody, you know, and say, "This is your situation. You're in it right now. Let's go," you know. And um, and he's got a crew that's been working with him, I guess, for thirty years, so they're all in sync. Oh, got you. So they can just just sort of sit down and let it happen for somebody. 
Um, as far as that stuff goes, is that something you'd want to do uh, later in your career? Uh, excuse me, career produce direct. Well, Have I've, you produced any any projects that, we, I, that I, I produced two movies um, last year in 2019. I, I, I co-produced, but it's it's a start. And sure. one movie, um, you know, just came out streaming um, called Crypto. But okay. the next film, I'm actually in it. But it's also it's got Jason Patrick from Lost Boys and lots of different things. Ans- Anson Mount, who you've seen a lot of, he's Captain Pike on the new Star Trek. And it's about the 1960s CIA human experiment, experiments that they that they uh, performed on people. And it's a true story. Um, it's unclassified material now. And the direct the director is ex-military and he directed it. And um, we shot it in Mississippi. And I can't wait for this movie to come out. I think people are I think it's really going to get a lot of attention. It's a smaller movie, but I think it's going to get I think it's going to I think it's going to hit in some ways. And we had a transgender uh, woman who, playing a role. And, wow. you know, we're in MAGA country, you know. Sure. Oh, so yeah. we're, we're all supposed to meet as a cast down in the restaurant bar where we're staying. And I can't I come down and there's this guy talking to her at the bar and he's really trying to you know he's trying to make make his move on her and um and i came up and he's and he starts in on me he'd been drinking he's like why do all you hollywood types do this and that and the other thing and then you know he's like you know boy you're a beautiful lady he just kept on turning around to her and going you're beautiful and then then he just started bagging on hollywood again i just want to let him know hey you're talking to a woman who used to be a man. If you just want, you know, if you <laughs> That's fantastic, you want, you want to know about Hollywood. It's standing right, right in front of you, right, right here. in front of you. It's about to slap you in the head. <laughs> <laughs> that is great, man. I yeah. Love it. Uh, where, where will we be able to see that? Is that something that'll be released or will be streaming? Um, you know, I, I still, still don't opening. know how, um, Dave, David Lynch just came on as a producer, which is very exciting. So, okay. We don't know how it's going to be released, but I mean, probably Netflix or Amazon, sure. but I don't we, think it's, I don't think it's going to be a big, you know, theatrical release. And that has changed the game, man. Um, yeah. The streaming. I mean, it's fantastic. And it's ironic that we're talking about this during all this craziness where um, I can only imagine Netflix and Amazon and everything's Hulu's numbers right now. Yeah. They're going <laughs> nuts, right? They have to be. Hey, real quick, man, I wanted to ask you, we, we talked about the film, we talked about the TV, but something that my son and my daughter both, when we were talking, I was excited, I was telling him I was going to interview you. My son goes, Dad, that's the guy who was in Call of Duty, right? You know, oh, he's, yeah. a, he's a video yeah. game junkie. Uh-huh. And, yeah. then, and then, so I started looking, and, you know, I read when I introduced you, but please expand on that, man. Um, uh, your voiceover work, if that's the proper term, and I mean, you worked on some great projects. Well, voiceover started, I mean, a lot of the things I did in the 90s are not on IMDb, but I, it's just like an old 1960s story. I walked into my commercial agency. There was one voiceover agent in a small office, and he happened to be watching Major Dad, and I was on Major Dad yeah. play, playing a Marine. He says, oh, hey, I've been watching you on that show. It's great. Listen, I just lost an actor on a cartoon. Can you audition? Just read this page. Call the casting director over the phone and, aud- love- and audition. And I got the part in something called Prince Valiant. And, um, and then I started working. 
And I've always been in voiceover ever since then. And, you know, mostly it's commercials, you know, you know, 30 second spots and things like that. And the national commercials are very good. And, and uh, it's a great way to get some work. But I started auditioning for video games. I once did a whole video game with the cast of Star Trek, the original cast of Star Trek. Wow. Um, and it was 1997. But the thing never happened. It was a beginning of motion capture and it just didn't work out. But okay. there, there I was. I was the player that you play through in the game and I got to work with everybody. And um, when when Captain Kirk came in, I had to leave. He did not want to work with anybody. And um, <laughs> and then Spock came in. And uh, but the whole cast was really great. But uh, I've been doing this. So so that's how I got into it. And I've done a lot of video games over the years. And and then the voice matching for movies. I mean, it's a, sort of a dubious honor. I'm not the movie star that a lot of my friends became, but I work on big movies because i audition for their voices not their particular voices but explain that though man what are you talking about? my voiceover agent will send me a clip or a sound bite of an actor and i will send them back whatever they whatever the production needs i don't know exactly what i'm auditioning for sometimes so because it's under a fake title so i come in they they call me up say you got the job you got to be at warner brothers on tuesday and I come in and I'll show you the Black Panther example. I walk in to the sound room and there's a Black Panther watermark over the screen. And then Ryan Coogler comes walking in. I said, is this Black Panther? And, um, and they're like, yes, it is. And Matt, Ryan Coogler's like, Matt, you got to help me out, man. This guy sounds British and I need you to make him <laughs> American. And it was the one Caucasian CIA guy in the lead role. He well, I was going inter- to, I was going to interrupt you because <laughs> If there's someone that that I don't think of when I think of Black Panther, <laughs> it's Matt Nolan. Yeah, yeah. He, there was the one one guy. He was in The Hobbit, and he had a good part in Black Panther, but his British accent kept on seeping through. So I fixed the performance over the course of like three different days, and and maybe I worked four days on Black Panther. But the thing is, is I get paid as an actor, and I get residuals as if I'm in front of the camera. So that it's. Is- it's quite a racket. Sometimes I'm only in there for a half an hour to an hour. I worked with David Fincher recently on Mindhunter, where oh, I where yes. I had I had to replace an actor's entire performance. So we were what? we were in there like three four hours working it over, and um, I signed a non disclosure, so I can't tell you who I replaced. Ah. But but uh, but I mean I was you know these are the things that I have to just stand back and appreciate, you know, See, but that, you know what though, man, that gives me goosebumps, man. Cause we, I just, I just marathon mine, uh, mine hunter, the whole three seasons. Oh man. Uh, yeah. Earlier this year. And, and that, see that type of stuff is cool to me. I mean, if you're a, if you're a, a movie dork and a TV dork, like I said earlier that I am, that type of stuff is great. I mean, it's, you've got your hands all over so many of these projects. Well, it's fine. I, I auditioned for mine hunter on camera and didn't get it. And I thought, oh, man, I love that show. And then this audition came around for this. And then this was better than anything for me it was because I got to work with David Fincher directly. It was just him in this giant sound studio on the Disney lot, his assistant and engineer behind the glass. And we just worked it over. And I said, this experience means a lot more to me than maybe possibly just doing a a little role in in the TV show. Um, It was just as good to me, you know. So it's, it's weird. I have to 
sometimes when a door closes and then I have just have to keep the faith that something else is going to open up. And, I hear you, brother. And that's the whole thing about what you do. Um, I can't compare myself or my career to you, but as a as a freelancer, um, it's sink or swim, man. You don't get called back. Right. Yeah. Um, yes. Um, I mean, so that's great to hear that. And then I, I, I know you did Frozen. So did you tell your kids you were the uh, snowman? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that. That's daddy's voice. What's weird, I mean, uh, I don't, gosh, I have a story for everything, but I um, I auditioned for the voice of Prince Charming through Disney character voices and got it. And I really didn't know what it meant at the time, but it meant like a decade of work. Anytime Cinderella or any of the princesses are in there, I'm Prince, the prince's voice on anything. <laughs> and so, so on toys, on games and all that stuff, they worked me over. And um, at one point, Mickey Mouse, the voice of Mickey Mouse went into the hospital. It just so happens that I can do Mickey Mouse. Like, <laughs> like I've been, I've been working on my Mickey Mouse for about two decades. Okay. And um, they knew, like, they knew I'd been, I'd been screwing around in between takes doing Mickey Mouse for them. They call me in and say, Matt, our Mickey Mouse is in the hospital. We need you to record this episode as Mickey. Do you think you can do that? I'm like, hell yes. And so, <laughs> so I come home to my wife after I'm done and I never thought I'd say these these words i go honey if i can just be mickey mouse everything's gonna be okay <laughs> i bet you that's something you never expect to hear you say yeah yeah and then the guy gets out of the hospital and he's like no 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 there's not gonna be two mickey mouses he's out and then um uh, it was a it was a long story anyways but the funny thing is frozen took a lot of my work so i got frozen too um, doing a number of different voices like soldiers and stuff. So I just sort of got a generic credit, but it sure. was, it was karma coming back at me because frozen stole a lot of my Prince charming work. And right, then, right. then I got the frozen job, baby. That's so cool though, man. That type of stuff is that's, that's great. Uh, I, I only have one voiceover story and I don't even think I got paid, but long story short, the blazers did this campaign where they went around the state to different cities, Pendleton, Salem, you know, look grand all over where they would just say, Hey, this is rip city. You know, and they, they'd show people from those regions. Yeah. The yeah, beach. yeah. Well, I guess, I don't know if somebody, I don't know if they're missing teeth out there or something, but they guess they couldn't say rip city too well. Yeah. So, so they yeah. bring me in the booth and they have <laughs> me say, I am rip city like 20 times. And it was great, man. There was a little, you know, 32nd local spot where, uh, where you can totally hear my voice. And it's like, that dude, that's Northeast Portland, man. That's not Pendleton. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that is real, real Northeast Portland. Right. And I didn't get paid, oh. so I, I, it wasn't a union gig. Hey, you know, uh, you've had an amazing career. Congratulations. I mean, to get into your line of work and to be on the level that you're at, you know, is really unusual. I mean, it's, it's really, really rare. I don't know anybody else from my neighborhood who's, who – who got to the level that you've gotten. Thank you, so it was, it was a weird, it was a weird, crazy journey. It, uh, it, uh, I had some rough time there for a while after high school, kind of getting my stuff straight, but, uh, you know, you learn from that. You are, you know, I would never, I was, you know, making minimum wage, washing cars on a car lot, you know, and three years later I was riding around in Paul Allen's jet blazer one. Oh man, that is too yeah. much. It was, it was crazy. Um, oh, that is too much. I, I remember I'm really, I called into Steve Jones show when I was about 12 years old and, oh, um, oh, oh. and my friend, Randy Borkwin, he had a tape recorder and we were at his house 
And I called in. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to get on. And I didn't really know what to ask. So I said, hey, Steve, how you doing? He's like, oh, I'm all right. I said, I just have a question. What kind of, what kind of shoes does Kiki Vandeweghe wear? And, he's, and, he said, and he said, Brooks. And I said, what's that? He said, Brooks. And um, I'm, you know, I'm like, okay, thanks, Steve. Sure. We, we, re, we rewind the tape. And this is exactly how I sound, John. I go, hi, Steve. How's it going? <laughs> and he's like, I'm fine. How are you? I'm like, listen, I just have one question. What, what kind of shoes does Kiki Vandeweghe wear? And um, Randy kind of whispers, you sound kind of funny. And uh, <laughs> that is great. I, I remember, I remember recording the court sides and, and listening to them back, you know, like the next day. Um, and I remember the first time I met Snapper, the first time I met Mike Rice and all those guys, it was just growing up a, a blazer junkie, man. It was just the coolest thing to actually, you know, wow, I'm a part of this now. Um, oh man, it's too much. It's incredible. I got one snapper story and I mean, just a great guy, but I got one story and it was, it was actually away from the court. It wasn't on the plane. It wasn't on the road. It wasn't at the game. It was at the damn 24 hour fitness in Hollywood. Yes. He's walking off, you know, big Steve. (laughs) I'm walking in, heading over to the Stairmaster or the steps. He looks at me, he goes, big John, what are you doing? And I go, snapper, what's up, man? What are you doing here? And I was like, well, I'm over here. You know, I'm in here a lot. I'm trying to, you know, get on these steps. And he, and he interrupted me. He goes, well, let me just tell you, you're wasting your money. It's not working. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. First of and all, and, he knew and, your and, name. That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. And then he walks off laughing at me. He oh, buzz, oh, oh. busted your chops. Oh, yeah. That, I love it. That's pretty cool. Hey, Matt, uh, I want to thank you, man. I Shoot, man, we could just go on and on and on. Um, Absolutely. This has, been, this has been great. Not only getting in touch with you uh, or getting back in touch with you, but just your story, social media. Um, you want to tell people out there where they can follow you on Twitter or, or do you have a website? Well, the, the best thing that you can do is just search my name on Google and then hit my IMDb. And then you become a unique visit if you scroll through things and hit a few pictures. Believe it or not, that's about the most useful thing. I mean, I have something called mattnolan.tv, but I need to give it some love. Um, and uh, my Twitter, I'm I'm just – it's a cesspool. I'd rather not. Um, <laughs> no, hey, no problem. And I was just going to say, as, as you're answering this, yeah. I was just saying to myself, of the five, maybe four listeners that I have on this podcast, <laughs> if they're going to help you with your career, you're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm on Instagram at mattnolan888. That's that's my Instagram. That's fantastic. Hey, I'm ending off these podcasts with a little something. Three questions for the road. All right. I'm going to toss three quick questions out at you. Um, I always tell everybody, you know, I'll probably laugh at your answers. But uh, I went to the first thing that pops in your head. As a kid, favorite movie? Mm. Oh, God. Tough. Raiders, tough. Uh, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Raiders of the Lost mm-hmm. Ark. Can't go wrong with that. Favorite athlete? Michael Jordan. Favorite artist or musician? Um, John Lennon. Wow. Yeah. Can't go wrong with that. You said Michael Jordan, John Lennon, and, Ra- and Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> you can't go wrong with any of those. Seriously. <laughs> One of these times, I'm hoping someone says something really bad, but uh, all my guests have said great answers.
Well, this is usually the part of the podcast when we end, when we say goodbye. But my man Matt had a few extra things on his chest he wanted to get off. And uh, when you got someone like that on the show, you let him go. Let's see what he had to say. I I, uh, I do have a story real quick. In yeah. ni- 1991, I, um, I'm at Bally's, which is like 24-hour fitness, you know. Sure. And um, Jim Lampley's there working out. And he was a he was a CBS anchor at the time, but he just started doing HBO. And I watched Tyson get knocked out. And so nobody's talking to him. And I didn't know any better. I just walked up to him. I said, hey, I saw you. Um, you're doing a little uh, um, announcing for HBO for boxing. And he goes, yeah, yeah. And we talked about Mike Tyson getting knocked out. And he's like, well, I hope that HBO brings me back. That's what he said. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> that was the very beginning. And then he just becomes the voice of boxing. He became the voice of boxing. It was incredible. I got to, I got to actually see him just as he was about to, you know, really pop. That is great. That was one of the coolest things with me when I joined HBO was, um, you know, meeting Roy Jones and him. And shoot, dude, I was doing fights with him around the world. We went to Argentina and London. And so I'd sit in on these production meetings. And, you know, I'm around NBA players. And I'm around different people. And it was just like. Jim Lantley, dude, you got to be kidding me. I just closed my eyes and remember all the fights he called, you know. Oh, it's incredible. I uh, mean... He's a huge he's a huge North Carolina fan. Oh, wow. And he was wearing an Oregon Ducks hat once at this meeting. Uh-huh. So I thought, you know what? This is my time. I'm going to go over there and uh, say what's up. <laughs> this, is, this is my end. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And I go, I go, hey, Lamp. And he looks at me and I said, uh, I'm from Oregon, man. I'm an Oregon Duck. Big, You know, you a big fan? He looks at me and goes, no. It was for sale at the Denver airport. My hair looked bad that day. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dude, that doesn't get any better than that. Oh, my God. It's fantastic. Cool. Real quick, your your post about thanking the Blazer organization for making you whole for the rest of the season. And then they played it on the news. It was just too cool, man. It was really awesome because it was from the heart. And then, look, they responded. It was incredible. Yeah, class organization, man. You know, um, there's a lot of uh, people in my industry around the country that there's uh, kind of in that no man's land freelancers that aren't team employees that aren't, uh, you know, a part of anything. And so for them to step up like they did, you know, I know everybody is out there struggling and trying to figure out what's going on, what our next step is. But yeah, that was, that was a big deal for me. Yeah. That's amazing. And I think we're all going to be okay. I really do. I think everybody's, everybody's going to be okay. It's been interesting, man. Uh, you know, it's been a couple weeks now for everybody and, I'm enjoying the time with my family. We got a new puppy, so we're just kind of, we're a big mess up here. It's awesome. Yeah, good luck with the puppy. It really is. Yeah, man. Um, Hey, and then I may holler at you if I need Al Pacino to come on and be uh, episode number four. (laughs) Yeah, or my brother. The main thing with my brother, he's a screenwriter, wrote Black Hawk Down and, you know, a number of other movies. For the last 25 years, it's been, hey, Matt, we should go out to lunch. And can you bring your brother? <laughs> they're using they're using you to get to your brother. Oh yeah. Oh, it's terrible. That's what you, hey brother, uh it's great to hear your voice. Um thank you so Good much. Good to hear your voice. Uh, love to love to have a success story from the neighborhood. So uh we will stay in touch. Thank you. Thanks for having me on, John. I appreciate it. All right, my man. You take care. All right. I told you that was going to be fun. Thanks to Matt for coming in and visiting us here. Um, What a great story. That was fun. 
And here I am thinking I've met cool people and had some great experiences. That guy knocks it out of the park. Matt Nolan, thank you, brother. And good luck to you and your family. And thank you to everybody out there listening. Uh, Trying to grow this thing, man. Trying to build it up. Trying to have some fun. Stick around. I got some cool guests coming up. Later.